This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm a board-certified emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about coronavirus and whether or not pets can get it. We'll be right back after these messages. My cat, Lily, loves to sleep on my head in the middle of the night and then run around chasing imaginary mice. And you know what? That's all stuff that I can deal with. What I can't deal with is a smelly, stinky litter box. So I use Arm & Hammer Clump & Seal. It clumps tight around odor and destroys it for a seven-day, odor-free home, guaranteed. That way, Lily isn't bringing home any stink into my house and not near my head in the bed. Because an odor-free home is a happy home. Arm & Hammer, more power to you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, we're going to be talking about whether or not pets can get coronavirus. Now, this has been in the news a ton, and you guys probably have read a ton about this. But the big question is whether or not pets can get it. Now, I'm based out of the Twin Cities in Minnesota, and I fly a lot, and I can say there's a lot of concern about coronavirus. Most people are aware that you can find some up-to-date information at the World Health Organization, abbreviated the WHO, or the United States Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, which is commonly called the CDC. There is some erroneous information that's out there on the internet, so when in doubt, you always want to make sure that you're checking a .gov website in the United States to make sure that you're getting the most updated, accurate information. Now, I'm not going to be talking too much about coronavirus in humans, but you do have to be aware if you're feeling ill, you have cold or flu-like symptoms, obviously you want to talk to your medical doctor, not your veterinarian. And if you're in areas where there could be an outbreak, like in the Washington area, you do want to make sure to contact your manager before going to work. We don't want to spread this and we don't want to spread it to our pets. So we're going to talk about a couple of key things you need to do as a two-legged person. So first of all, you don't need to buy masks. You don't need to buy your pet masks, but you do have to practice good hygiene. What does that mean? Well, it doesn't matter if there's an outbreak or not. You should always be practicing good hygiene, and that includes proper hand washing. Yes, you're supposed to sing a song like happy birthday or something short that lasts about 20 to 30 seconds while you're washing your hands, but you should be doing this a lot. Now, as a veterinary professional, I probably wash my hands eight to 15 times a day, especially if I'm in the clinics. So in the veterinary ER vet situation, I wash my hands between each patient. So this is really important. 
Obviously, if you're going out, you're going shopping, you're picking up your kid from daycare, you should always be washing your hands. So again, make sure you're doing this. This is based on recommendations from the US CDC, the World Organization for Animal Health. It's based on WSAVA, which is called the World Small Animal Veterinary Association, and a ton of different human medical websites out there. So please make sure to wash your hands. And I'm going to say that you do that when you're handling your pets also. Now, there are a lot of great FAQs on the CDC's website, so I'm going to recommend that you check that out. But in general, a lot of companies are updating their travel guidelines right now because they're really trying to minimize the spread of this virus. Every day, we find out a little bit more information about it. So again, tune into a lot of these credible sources. But in general, you want to minimize social interaction and flying. Ideally, domestic travel should be minimized, and I would definitely recommend checking travel websites to make sure that the city or the state or the country that you're flying to doesn't have some type of warning. Obviously, flying to Asia is a little bit dangerous at this point, so you want to use caution. When in doubt, if you're just returning from one of these high-risk countries, whether or not it's for business or for pleasure, and that country had a high risk to the coronavirus, COVID-19, then obviously make sure that you stay at home or work from home if that's an option. Most people are recommending self-quarantines for at least 14 days. And again, you do want to check with your local medical criteria or your human medical provider to see when you should be going back to work. So obviously a lot of information that's coming out on that. So stay tuned to your local government travel requirements. Check out the CDC for travel information, all really important. And again, right now it's China, South Korea, Japan, Italy, that are some of the areas that we're the most worried about in the world. In the United States, I'm going to say it's the state of Washington. So What exactly is coronavirus? And do animals get it? Well, yes, they do. In a previous episode of ER Vet on Pet Life Radio, I talked about feline infectious peritonitis, what a lot of cat owners know as FIP. This is also a coronavirus, but it's different. So whether or not pets can get coronavirus is still questionable. And I should say our domestic pets, so like our dogs and cats. Now, let's step back a little bit and talk about coronavirus. This originally was identified in December of 2019 in a Chinese city called Wuhan. I'm sure you guys have all heard about this. And so I'm going to recommend that you check out a credible news source for more information. But this was actually a new coronavirus that was originally called SARS-CoV-2. And again, this was similar to a SARS that had previously happened in an outbreak years before. Thousands of cases were detected in China at the end of 2019, and unfortunately, it was exported by travelers who were traveling to other countries. Now, in the beginning of the year, in January of 2020, the World Health Organization actually renamed SARS-CoV-2 to actually 2019 NCoV, which stands for 2019 Novel Coronavirus. But then... On February 11th, this was actually changed to a different name. It was called SARS-CoV-2, and then they changed it again to COVID-19, which is what you hear in the news right now. That stands for Coronavirus Disease 2019. Again, a lot of information is coming out every single day, and we still don't know what the host reservoir is. What does that mean? 
Well, unfortunately, certain animals can carry certain viruses and they don't know the specific animal host. There was some debate on whether or not it was a pangolin. And so unfortunately, in the markets of Wuhan, what was happening was wildlife was being sold right next to domestic chickens, right next to fruits and vegetables. And unfortunately, there is some suspicion that it was because of wild animals that were in the market. This is actually a good thing. People should not be eating the endangered pangolin anyway. So I'm hoping the one thing we learned from this is we shouldn't be killing wild or endangered animals for potentially medicinal purposes. But that's another soapbox. So when it comes to this coronavirus, it does come from a family of viruses called coronaviridae. And there's a couple of different types out there. Now, I already mentioned FIP or feline infectious peritonitis. This is a feline coronavirus. There are a couple of different types of coronavirus out there, specifically alpha, beta, gamma, and delta. Alpha and beta typically affect mammals. And specifically for cats, we know that FIP is an alpha coronavirus. Dogs can also get coronavirus, but it's not really common. And honestly, it doesn't usually result in respiratory signs. It usually results in mild diarrhea. That's different than gamma and delta coronaviruses, which usually affect birds and fish. Now, again, none of those specific coronaviruses, alpha, beta, gamma, or delta, were associated with the current coronavirus outbreak that we're experiencing right now, the COVID-19. Now, if you guys kept up to date on the news in the past decade, you've probably heard of SARS, and that stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. And so SARS-CoV stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus. Now, there is a diagnosis called ARDS in both human and veterinary medicine, and this stands for acute respiratory distress syndrome. Sounds really familiar, right? Well, what this means is this is a specific type of almost lung failure that can develop. So ARDS is lung failure. SARS is somewhat similar, but it's infectious. It's a coronavirus that causes acute difficulty breathing. This was first identified over a decade ago, back in 20. Back in 2002 to 2003, in 2012, another type of coronavirus came out, and this was called MERS, or Middle East Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus. This one wasn't as deadly as the first SARS virus, and this one was actually linked to camels. Now, the current coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, is genetically related to SARS-CoV and somewhat to MERS-CoV, but they're both beta coronaviruses and SARS and MERS actually originated in bats. So what do we need to know? We'll be right back with important information right after these messages from our sponsors. My dog Mojo was half beagle and half coonhound. He ate everything in sight. He would swallow things whole, including a chicken carcass, a bird nest with a bird in it, and assorted stones and sticks. We had to take him to the veterinary emergency room. After surgery, Mojo had skin issues. He was constantly itching and scratching, chewing on his feet, chewing the hair right off of his legs, being irritated, lethargic, and just not the same dog. 
D-Y-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Well, when we put him on the Dynavite, he took right to it. All of these symptoms disappeared. Dynavite is nutrition. If you want the doctor to help you, you got to feed it something healthy. Something that he actually likes to eat. You need to put him on Dynavite. Dynavite for life. If you love your dog, you don't just want him healthy, you want him to be happy. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. Dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. We've been talking about coronavirus, and we've been talking about the different types that animals and different species can get. We talked about how it belongs to a family of coronaviridae, and there's alpha, beta, gamma, and delta. How this virus is a little bit similar to SARS and MERS that previously happened in 2002 and 2012. Well, what do we need to know when it comes to our pets? That's actually a really good question, because if you guys are following the news, you probably heard that on February 28th, there was a report of a pet dog in Hong Kong that was owned by an infected human patient who had COVID-19, and this dog tested weekly positive also. This was done after routine testing. So let me clarify, this dog was not actually showing clinical signs at the time that he was tested. Now, the Hong Kong SAR Agriculture, Fisheries, and Conservation Department reported that the dog was asymptomatic. In other words, they weren't showing any clinical signs, but they did quarantine that dog until further samples could be collected. They didn't know if the dog was actually infected by the virus or whether or not there was some kind of environmental contamination that resulted in a weak positive test. So what do we take from this? How should we interpret this? Well, knowing that one dog tested weekly positive for the coronavirus that causes COVID-19, it does mean that we have to be cautious. Now, please, you don't need to go out and buy an N95 filter for your dog. It's going to be really hard to adjust it onto your dog's face or your cat's face. And honestly, it's going to cause a lot of discomfort in your pet. So what do I want you to do? Again, I will reiterate that dog wasn't showing any signs of being sick, and it's possible that the virus found its way into the dog's mouth or nose when they tested the dog because the animal lived with someone who was infected. And again, that dog's under quarantine, so no, you do not need to rush to your veterinarian or the ER vet to request that your dog be tested. First of all, we don't even have the test readily available in veterinary medicine, and it's just becoming more available in human medicine, which means it's going to be much, much longer before we can get it as vets. Scientists still aren't exactly sure if dogs and cats can transmit it. But with this one dog, we know tested positive, we definitely want to take certain precautions. So what do we need to know? Well, thankfully, WASAVA, which stands for World Small Animal Veterinary Association, actually came out with some advisory documents about whether or not coronavirus can affect companion animals or not. This is really important because everyone's being bombarded with questions about whether or not their pets can get coronavirus. 
the first thing I want to reiterate is there is no evidence so far that dogs and cats can be infected or spread COVID-19. Again, we're still waiting for more information on the one dog in Hong Kong, but please wait for further information until it becomes available. But does that mean you shouldn't touch your dog or cat if you're sick? Well, if you are sick with COVID-19, the CDC actually recommends that you restrict contact with pets and other animals while you're sick, just like you would if you're around other people. Again, although there are no reports of pets or other animals becoming sick with COVID-19, we do want to make sure that people sick with COVID-19 limit contact with animals until there's more information available. If you have the availability of a family member or a household member to be able to care for your animal while you're sick, that's the ideal thing. If you're sick with COVID-19, you really want to avoid any contact with your pet which means no snuggling, no kissing, no petting, no sharing food, no letting them lick you. To be on the safe side, you want to avoid any contact with your pet. Again, it's going to sound really hard because it's for two weeks, but please have a family member in the house care for them instead. Now, if you don't have anyone available and you have to care for your pet or you're going to be around your animals when you're sick, please make sure that you wash your hands for at least 20 to 30 seconds before and after you interact with your pets. And please make sure to wear a face mask. Again, I already mentioned you don't need to buy face masks. They are really expensive on Amazon right now. You can't find them at your local pharmacy because everyone's buying them. I travel all the time. I see people wearing them on the planes. And honestly, the CDC does not recommend them at this time. The only benefit right now is that Yes, it prevents you from touching your face. And that's the biggest thing. We don't want to touch something infected and then touch our face because a lot of these viruses are spread through contact with the mucous membrane. Again, pets don't want to be tortured by wearing a mask. So you're not going to put one on your dog or cat, okay? But if you are truly diagnosed with COVID-19, no one else can help care for your pets, then yes, you should wear a face mask to avoid aerosol droplets or respiratory droplets from potentially affecting your dog and cat. Again, we still don't know if it affects dogs and cats. What if your pet was in contact with someone who was sick from COVID-19? Can it spread it to other people? Well, unfortunately, we don't know yet. There's no evidence, again, that companion animals can be infected with or spread COVID-19. I know I've been harping and saying we don't know if companion animals can be infected by COVID-19 or if they can get sick with it. But if your dog or cat all of a sudden gets ill and has been exposed to a person infected with COVID-19 before you bring them to your vet or your emergency vet or you bring them out of your house, please call a public health official. Again, please don't show up at the ER vet unless you're having difficulty breathing or show up to your vet. You always want to call ahead and let them know that you're bringing a sick pet that has been exposed to a person infected with COVID-19. The reason why we want you to call ahead is because we have to make sure that we prepare an isolation room. We have to gown up. We have to wear special masks in the event that it is infectious. So again, please don't take your dog or cat to a veterinary clinic unless you're instructed to do so by a public health official. And again, the main reason why is because we don't have a way of testing dogs and cats just yet. Now, if you live in an area that has a public health veterinarian, 
that's someone with the initials MPH behind their name or Masters of Public Health, then that public health official will want to consult with someone in the state. So oftentimes there's a state public health veterinarian or a public health official, and they'll be able to advise you or your veterinarian on what you need to do. So again, please don't take your dog or cat that you think may have been exposed to COVID-19 randomly to the veterinarian and definitely do not bring them to Petco or PetSmart or to the doggy daycare or anywhere else. In fact, you shouldn't even be walking them off your property. They also should be quarantined and kept inside. Okay, so what about the people in the state of Washington? What do we do with pets in areas where the virus is active? The main reason why I'm bringing this up is because I've heard some rumors, and I don't know if they're true, but I've heard people abandoning their pets in China when they find out that they are sick and being quarantined. And there's no evidence that we need to do that. Again, no evidence yet that pets can be affected by COVID-19. And again, the safest thing you can do is to avoid contact with animals that you're unfamiliar with. In other words, if you live in the state of Washington, I'd be really careful just petting a random stray dog. Always wash your hands before and after interacting with any animals at all, just to be on the safe side. Again, if pet owners are sick with COVID-19, they should avoid contact with animals in their household and make sure that a family member is caring for that pet. They should also wear a face mask just to be on the safe side. Again, that means no petting, no kissing, no licking, no snuggling with your pet, no sharing food, no letting them lick you. So again, I know it sounds extreme, but we just want to be really careful right now. I often get asked, what about vaccines? Are there vaccines for dogs and cats on this? Well, there are vaccines for coronavirus in dogs, but these do not work for the respiratory infection. There's no cross protection that we know of. There's no evidence that vaccinating dogs with currently with commercially available vaccines will help protect against COVID-19. And the main reason why is because the coronavirus in dogs actually currently affects the gastrointestinal tract. It causes mild vomiting and diarrhea. It's totally different than a respiratory virus. So again, there are no vaccines available in any market for respiratory coronavirus, just the GI coronavirus. They don't even have vaccines for humans yet. So again, it may take years before we even get it in veterinary medicine. So just be aware, you don't need to call your vet asking for a dog coronavirus vaccine. There is a cat coronavirus vaccine for FIP, but that's a totally different disease, okay? So no, the vaccine for FIP is not gonna protect your dog or your cat. So again, please do not call your veterinarian requesting a coronavirus vaccine that is not currently available and it is not thought to be effective against COVID-19. All right, so what do we need to know? We know that COVID-19 sounds scary, but remember, there's been far more deaths in humans from influenza. And I know it sounds really scary. I know it can be really stressful, especially if you fly a lot, especially if you live in the state of Washington or other states are being affected. The biggest thing we need to know is to stay calm, to keep our dogs and cats safe, to make sure that they're normally healthy, to make sure that you don't have exposure And if you do get sick or you're exposed to COVID-19, to ideally quarantine yourself for 14 days, and that includes your dogs and cats or any other companion animals. If you are exposed, I would recommend having a family member care for your pets so you don't have to do it. 
If you are sick from COVID-19, making sure family members caring for your dog and cat or any other companion pets that you might have. And again, even though it sounds harsh, no kissing, no licking, no snuggling, no petting, no letting your dog lick you or your cat lick you, no sharing food, you want to make sure to minimize any kind of respiratory droplet or saliva or bodily liquids. And I know that sounds extreme, but we just want to be safe until we have more information. So one dog of the billions of dogs and cats out there in the world has tested weekly positive to COVID-19 after routine testing. Again, that dog wasn't sick. And we suspect either the dog was actually infected with the virus or the test result was because of environmental contamination because they were exposed to COVID-19 and had it on their saliva or their mouth. So again, no need to freak out about it. There's great information on the Wasava, W-S-A-V-A website. There's also great information on the CDC website. So please just keep abreast of what's going on in the news, but don't get too, too worried right now. Again, I really urge that pet owners in areas that have known human cases of COVID-19 follow this advisory from Wasava. So again, just be cautious. And the biggest thing is washing hands. Wash your hands before and after you interact with your pets and ideally at least eight times a day. I hope that's helpful and I hope it helps calm some fears. I know even veterinary professionals are nervous about this, but again, the risk to pets right now seems to be low. And again, I'll keep you updated as soon as we hear more information. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook at Dr. Justine Lee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. Be safe and keep your pets safe, too. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.